Hey kids, what time is it? It's time for another edition of Brio TV, the podcast. I'm your host, Bill Brio. Today's show is brought to you by three terrific sponsors, Super Channel, Hollywood Suite, and CTV. My guest today is an Olympic gold medalist who is one of the heroes of the 2010 Vancouver Winter Games. Since then, he's been the host of the most popular TV series in the country for seven straight summers, The Amazing Race Canada. I'm talking, of course, about John Montgomery, who is thrilled to be back hosting this series after a two-year pause due to the worldwide pandemic. The eighth season airs Tuesday nights throughout the rest of the summer on CTV. As a reporter, I've had the great good fortune to travel with John, as well as an incredibly skilled production crew, on various seasons of the series. That includes trips to China, Vietnam, Argentina, and Chile. Wherever we went, John connected with people in such a positive way. He never fails to be an inspiration to the teams running in the race, as well as to viewers at home. This conversation was recorded over Zoom at the end of June. Stick around to the very end to hear John belt out his favorite all-time TV theme song. He totally throws himself into it, and that's just the way he works, just the way he does it on the show, and just the way he approaches everything else in life. So raise a large pitcher of Canadian beer and salute Mr. John Montgomery. So, yeah, it's good to see you. It's been a, a couple of years. Um, congratulations on Season 8 of The Amazing Race Canada. All of Canada dying to see their number one summer show again. Um, what's the last two years been like for you, John? Well, well I mean, this is, this is it, Bill. This has been the last two years of my life. This has been the last two years of everybody's blinking life. It's staring down the end of a Zoom call. <laughs> I know. And... This isn't where we belong. We don't belong here, Bill. We belong out there, out there, out there where we can all play and frolic and gather and celebrate and enjoy each other's company in the great outdoors. That, my friend, is where we belong. Yeah, you are so right. It's great to be uh, easing back into things. Um, from what I understand, I talked to, talked to Mark, your showrunner, the other day, and he was saying how the, you've been trying to do season eight for a couple of years, that it actually had four start dates and four uh, times it had to be halted because of safety protocols and everything. Um, where were you in uh, April of 2020? Were you already in Toronto getting ready? Because I, I think I heard it was shut down pretty close to the race, right? I was packing my bags. I had my, my Santa Claus sack uh, humped over my shoulder, and I was ready to set to jet. And, of course, the world got shut down. So uh, here I, I stood waiting with bated breath to get that call. And somebody like Mark would be intimately familiar with how many times we were close to going but yours truly isn't privy to that sort of uh, level of information. I I jump when someone says jump. I talk when someone says talk. And anything in between, I'm just sort of left wondering what's going on. But uh, that's that's my role. I embrace it happily with a smile. Perhaps maybe that was why I got the job, because I didn't ask many questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it well, sir. Um, and uh, it's uh, dying to see it when it returns on July the 5th on Tuesday night on CTV. Um, 
And, um, you know, uh, otherwise, um, how has this been? I think, did I hear right? Did you actually move during the pandemic? Yeah, me and the rest of the world, we decided that uh, where we were at was uh, maybe not where we would like to be. So like lots of people, you had the opportunity to find out where you were in this, uh, you know, lot of life of ours and uh, how you would maybe like to breathe some life into different areas of, of your world. And when you've got that time to sit and consider, uh, quite often the next impetus is to get up and move, to move your feet towards something. And for us, with our young family, we were moving towards uh, a little bit more uh, space and to be able to have a garden and that kind of a thing. So that's what was resonating with us. And that's what we've now uh, got going for ourselves. And with the two little ones, five and three, I'll tell you what, um, being home, if you have to be home, it was a great time for for our family to be together, to celebrate these littles and to watch them grow so quickly. So we've wow. we've enjoyed that part of uh, what was a really perhaps traumatic experience. What a, what a great gift, John. Really, I, I was that was my next question. Was there any upside to the pandemic for you being a young father with young children? You and your wife. It must have been just joyous to see them spend so much time with them, right? There's always a silver lining, Bill. It's how badly you want to find it and how deep you got to dig sometimes to get there. But there is always a silver lining. And perspective isn't something that perhaps is easy to realize. But when you do, it it shapes everything. The world in, in which you live is shaped by the attitude and the perspective that you've got every day. And I know it sounds contrived and cheesy as, as I'll beat heck, but... Man, it uh, it does world it does a world for your uh, ability to to smile in the face of adversity. It doesn't sound cheesy at all, John. It sounds fantastic. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, um, here we are. So you finally got the race started, um, and there must have been times when you wondered would would it ever happen again, right? For sure. Yeah. You know, you you don't know what a a real gift like the show is for somebody like myself and for the rest of my brothers and sisters across the landscape that is Canada Mm. when sadly it will go away one day and you never know when that day will be. So every chance I get to spend with my teammates who, and I I consider them all my teammates and maybe that's again, a bit of a, a bizarre way to look at people that you spend four weeks a year with, but the people that help create this show, myself included, are a massive team. And it's a real treasure to be a part of it, but we don't know when our last lap will be. So I always, not from a negative standpoint, but I always treat each season of The Amazing Race Canada like it's my last. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll be right back with John Montgomery after this short message. Well, look at this. It's June, and uh, here we are again with Emily Gagne at Hollywood Suite to find out all about the great offerings on that Hollywood Suite service. Emily, good to see you again. What do you got for June? You know, June, of course, is Pride Month, Bill, so we've got some great queer cinema uh, for everyone to check out. We've got, you know, the queer-coded classics like a Johnny Guitar with uh, Joan Crawford, um, but also we've got, like, landmark achievements like The Boys in the Band, 
Band from 1970, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, John Waters movies like Polyester. Uh, we've got Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Just anything you can think of up until, you know, these days like Moonlight. We've, we've got it for June. That's fantastic. Always good to see some John Waters films. Uh, and I also understand that you have a, a new series uh, with a very provocative title. Tell me about that. Yes, it's called Faking Hitler. And before you say, I don't want anything to do with that, this is a very unique series. It's a German language series. Um, and it's about this true story, which you may or may not have heard before, about this journalist that sort of came across these uh never to be found before diaries of Adolf Hitler like from the time of World War II and so he reports on this but are these diaries real or not? Well there you go Faking Hitler it's on this month of June on Hollywood Sweet Emily thanks once again Thank you Bill And we're back with the host of The Amazing Race Canada John Montgomery. Well, it's glad season eight is here, and you were able to reunite with a lot of that crew. I've been lucky to go with you on it to a few places. You're part of this team, Bill. <laughs> well, I loved running with you guys. It was so much fun. Um, but you do get to know your camera and sound and all of the crew that is, like, so professional. They're like an Army SWAT team, aren't they? Uh, and, you know, uh, that's just it right there. When you go to that level of anything, whether it's SWAT or, or television, those that have uh, the passion for the role means that they live, eat, breathe, and sleep it. And it's not a job. If, if you want to never work a day in your life, do something that you love. And everybody on this team loves what they do. They're quintessential professionals, which is why they've been chosen for that role. And to be surrounded with creative sorts like that, who push hard day in and day out to be the best at what they do, it, it's infectious. And when I get to come home, there's goosebumps. It's not cold here. Uh, when I get to come home after the, after an experience like running around the world with these people, I'm imbibed with this same sense of can do, will do, uh, sort of dreaming big and, and then taking the steps towards those things is left with me uh, because of the people that I've been surrounded by. They vibrate at a, at a little bit of a, maybe a higher frequency. I have to, you know, just from what you're saying, I know that you do your share of motivational speaking and uh, addressing uh, other people and groups uh, over the years. Were you able to continue that? Were you doing it virtually? How was that going in the last few years? I've been able to get back into the same room as human beings, which is where I love to be, which was where we need to be. Yeah. Uh, but I was able to connect with Canadians during the pandemic via Zoom. And we don't need to share the same space, Bill. I know that uh, I, I can feel uh, the warmth that I always get when you interview me in person <laughs> through this digital connection that we've got right now. It's yeah. not the same, but it will do for a short period of time. And I was able to still connect with my fellow brothers and sisters uh, via this means. And it, it, it was uh, awesome to be able to do when we couldn't actually get together. Well, while you're able to connect and it is, I feel the same way getting together, but you on this show, my friend, you know, you're stepping off the end of bridges and you're doing some 
I've seen you on those uh, segues for the first time, mastering them and things. It was awesome to see. Um, did you have to tone some of that down during uh, the, the tail end of COVID? Were, were, were some of the challenges or stunts for you anyway a little, uh, little more with your feet on the ground? <laughs> no. No. Not at all. I think if you know the folks and the personalities behind the challenges on the show, yeah. of which they, um, I'm not going to call them sadists, but I'm going to call them extremely creative uh, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. um, they, they've made the challenges this year every bit as tough and radical and harebrained as any other year on the Amazing Race Canada. And, uh, and no, no, my, my feet don't stay on the ground, sadly. <laughs> Well, uh, one thing I like about Mark, the showrunner and the directors, these guys call a lot of audibles. Just in, back when there was no pandemic, you know, they would zig left and right depending on the weather or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I imagine this year, this race uh, was more challenging than ever because of still some provinces, I understand, had more stringent uh, uh, safety precautions still in place while you were running, right? It was honestly a community by community uh, affair. There are obviously the, the the provincial regulations, but in terms of people's um, level of comfort, it was, I believe, a community by community uh, type of an approach. And we, of course, adhered to all of the uh, laws of the land, making sure that folks in every community were the first point of consideration. People at the end of the day and their lives are of the utmost importance. A race on television that plays second fiddle to people's sense of safety and uh, security. So we uh, we fed into all of that, uh, play by the rules, and then you can only uh, hope for the best in instances like this. Well, safety first for sure. But um, John, I bet you know. I imagine for a lot of viewers, and this was the number one summer show in Canada. Every season it's been on, um, they can hardly wait to see people just running around outdoors again, right? It's uh, it, it'll be cathartic. I don't know if that's the word. It'll be yeah, inspiring for others to go out and watch people get back out there and immerse themselves in the public domain, in the public sphere, with an open mind and an open heart about what they can safely do and they can safely get back out there now is the time to explore and there's 10 teams as usual right this year on the race that's right and then one big massive team behind it making it all work that's for sure um now i, I don't want to get too specific and if i do i'm sure matthew from ctv will jump on the line but <laughs> got the overlord monitors watching right now matthew don't let us get too far into the weeds he, he's he's standing by with the buzzer um <laughs> But there he is. But what I understand is, uh, and then Mark mentioned this, that, and, and this has happened in other years. This is a domestic running. You guys are going right across Canada. It's not an international edition, correct? Uh, you know what? Um, I haven't been briefed on whether or not we can reveal any sorts of details about the show. Uh, but I can tell you from seasons past that numbers one and seven, I believe, were our most popular and they were domestic iterations of the show. So whether we go to Timbuktu or we stay here and explore uh, Tuk uh it matters not because it's always a great show. But when we do stay home in seasons past, 
Canadians have loved it all the more. So uh, that little bit in detail will come out in the wash. But whether it's near or far, it's going to be awesome. Well, we're very lucky in Canada. It's such an enormous country with so many looks, right? So you don't really need to go anywhere else. You know what? It's so true. And we can virtually, and we have taken this show to the surface of Mars. When you get to go to places in Canada, like Grossmore National Park, where it is the only place on planet Earth where the mantle pushes up through the Earth's crust, and that uh, outfits like NASA come there to, to test out their Mars lunar rovers. I guess lunar would mean the moon. They're Mars rovers. Uh, you know that you're in a special place, and it is literally like another world. So we can it even is. get off planet here, Bill. So uh, no. let's not uh, take that for granted. John, I've been to Grossmore, and I went uh, several years ago when I was still playing hockey. I played with a bunch of the guys. There was a TV show called rent and I got to travel with these guys to Deer Lake, and then we literally borrowed somebody's van and and drove up to Gross Morn with eight guys, and it was breathtaking. I remember going driving past, there's a little town, Cow's Head, okay. and there was literally a guy sitting on the roof of his house with his dog and a lobster trap, uh, <laughs> unlike anything you see in Brampton, say. Yeah. You know? That's just the daily out there, I think. Uh, You'll never know what you find on top of your house out in Newfoundland. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, don't go away. John will be right back after this message. I'm here with one of the teams who have entered this year's Amazing Race Canada. Sir, what do you call your team? Uh, We're called One Directionally Challenged. Okay, and your name? I'm Pat. And I'm Dave. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Amazing Race. Oh, it's one of my favorite hymns. Amazing Race. Uh, No, no, I'm referring to CTV's Amazing Race Canada. It's on Tuesday nights on CTV, and your team could win $250,000. Dave, that's almost a quarter of a million. Oh, we're ready to start. I hope we're not late. We've been at Pearson for five hours. Were you held up at Customs? No, we were held up in the parking lot. We entered the competition because we know Canada really well. Yeah, we've been down east following that trail that uh, Cabot left. Then we went north and went shopping at Hudson's Bay. Uh, Will you go further north? No, we'll have none of it. And then uh, we hopped on a Cessna, flew into Quebec, and landed alongside the Plains of Abraham. Then we drove to Ontario to the Parliament buildings to see the Ottawa Senators. And from there, we're going to rent an RV and drive to Winnebago, Manitoba. And from there, we'll stampede into Calgary. And then we'll drive to the mountains. I bet you they'll be rocky. That's where we'll be seeing you. And we'll be seeing you on starting July 5th, The Amazing Race Canada, Season 8 on CTV. Here he is again, John Montgomery. I've been lucky to go with you guys when you have traveled uh, all over to uh, Vietnam and um, Beijing, even, you know, some remarkable places down in um, Latin America. Um, Do you have a favorite destination so far, both uh, foreign and domestic, while running the Amazing Race? The foreign one, I'm going to start with... Vietnam, uh, because when you're on the Mekong Delta, it's oh. not even like another foreign land. You're on a, in a foreign water world. And to see humanity existing on the surface 
of the water of which the planet is mostly made up of but you're in this delta area along a river that in my mind was straight out of the pages and the the scenes uh, clipped from movies that I'd seen growing up um whether they were rooted in conflict or in adventure in a jungle this was it and so for vivid imagination sort of realization uh, that was my experience on the Mekong Delta in Vietnam. And my, my parents had been there and spoken highly of the people and the culture and the food, which I was treated to, uh, on mass. It was a remarkable experience, one that wasn't completely dissimilar from others, uh, when you get to Southeast Asia and uh, the other side of the world. But I would say that in India, tied, uh, domestically, it's really hard to say. Uh, I, I've said it before. My favorite scenery is on the west side. My favorite people are on the east side. My heart is in Manitoba. My education's down east in Ontario. Formative experiences in Quebec. But the north, the north for me was, uh, the race took me somewhere where I hadn't been before. And so whether it's the west in a place like Dawson City uh, or the north in straight up uh, Iqaluit I- uh, when we went to Nunavut. Wow. It was... It was awesome. The North is is a treasure and something spiritual uh, for myself in going up there and and experiencing both a culture, which is decidedly a part of our landscape, that of the people of the North, and and I guess the eye candy or the sense of time and place that you can only really experience if you're there. Was a, It was an experience that I had while in the North, and I'd say that that was powerful and perhaps uh, one of the greatest treasures that I've had as a takeaway from being a part of this team. Yeah, John, I, I've had the great fortune to go to Dawson City and Yellowknife, and uh, uh, and you're right, it's unforgettable, um, like so many other areas. But a friend of mine, by the way, Dave Kerwin here at the cottage, his wife is from Vietnam, and he was nodding enthusiastically when you were describing <laughs> the Mekong Delta. That Delta was stunning, uh, and that resort in particular near the water market was crazy authentic. It was fun. That's right. Now that's where, unfortunately, we had to say goodbye to one of my favorite teams of all time in Julian Lowell from Lethbridge, Alberta. Yes. And uh, getting gooseys again. There they are. That is energy. The, the, that is my, when I say something and my body reacts, these little tiny hairs on my, on the, on my arm stand up on end because I am remembering energy from a time and space, which we are disconnected from now in terms of, you know, this linear progression of time, but forever connected to that moment via the energy. And my body remembers it. And standing there with Julian Lowell and the, the gentleman, uh, the monk, Yes, uh, yeah. was something that I'll never forget and that I get to live for the rest of my days with that in my heart. Well, John, I was thinking, I was, actually, my next question was if you could remember some uh, a favorite team from the past, but uh, Julie and uh, uh, Joel, uh, from my memory, uh, Joel was uh, uh, sight impaired and quite severely, as I recall, Julie was kind of his eyes, wasn't she? And heart, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, Lowell with an L. Um, Lowell is this individual who, he has a grandfather that had the same uh, medical condition um, where there's a degradation of eyesight as your years go on. So they were both born sighted. And as time has progressed, they've lost that connection to uh, one of our greatest senses. 
But his father was referred to as the man that saw, or his grandfather rather, was referred to the man that saw with his heart. And he had learned to farm completely by touch and sound after he'd lost his, his sight. But uh, perhaps when you do lose one profound ability, others blossom. And Lowell talking about his grandfather that way, you can see how he embodies this physical challenge and takes it as an opportunity to, to live through perhaps heightened other senses. And yeah. both of them have an immense amount of, of heart and courage. And they got two young boys who are going to be the beneficiary of uh, some great stewardship from some awesome parents. And yeah, I love Julian Lowell. They are a lovely couple. It was an inspiration. And they, you know, my memory, John, is that was like the sixth round. It wasn't like they were eliminated early, you know. They no, could have won, uh, right? They went pretty deep. I think it was about leg six. Yeah, you're right, Bill. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. Uh, any other team that jumps out over the years? You know what? Um, the, one of the things that sticks with me was something that I didn't even witness. It was what I got to, to watch uh, via the television screen uh, during the season. And um, it, was, it was watching one of the challenges take place when they were going up the big tall timber on the first episode of episode one of the Heroes season, right. when we had uh, Martina and her brother Phil as, as one of the teams. And Phil and Martina uh, were a couple from, from Vancouver. And I don't think Martina would ever say that she was a physical leviathan. Like she had was equipped with an immense amount of athleticism. Uh, she is a home economics teacher and makes a world of difference in a lot of young people's lives in equipping them with the most, perhaps, important skill you'll ever learn at school, which is how to feed yourself. Yeah. But Martina's sense of self and perhaps her confidence wasn't tremendous. And when I got to watch her do an experience that I myself never got the opportunity to try because of time constraints. Most of them I do, but I hadn't been to the pole where you, you, you ascend it like a lumberjack would. Martina was maybe halfway up and wasn't going to go much farther. And with her brother's encouragement on the ground, there's the gooseies again. Didn't even see it, but I saw it on my television screen. <laughs> began to say to herself, she was saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And she knew enough to change that, that rhetoric. The words you speak define what you believe in your ears and in your mind. And when she began to say to herself, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, there was a, a, a visible change in her, in, in what she believed her capacity was. And when she changed from I can't to I can, she went straight to the top. Not with ease, but with the capacity to overcome the fear. And uh, what more is there? What more do you want from a television show, from anything in life, than to be inspired? And I'll tell you what, watching her say that repeatedly and then achieve it, uh, it's, it wasn't lost on me. And I don't know that everybody at home perhaps felt the same way, but because I knew her, because I had seen her change throughout week to week to week, episode to episode to episode, people at home see it over the course of a summer. I personally witnessed it every other day over the course of a month, and it was tremendous. She came out the other end of that program, of that experience on The Amazing Race Canada, a changed person, a new woman, somebody that no longer 
perhaps put barricades in front of herself with words like I can't, I won't, I'm not good enough, but rather the realization that if she had done just that, why not this too? And maybe it was watching other people do it alongside of her that gave her the courage to go, but just being tasked with that, uh, that moment was enough for Martina to get out of her own way and to get going. And it's, it's, uh, it's, she it's, makes me so proud. It's very inspirational. And uh, we'll be right back with John Montgomery after this short message. Have you heard about Mystic, the supernatural family adventure series that's available exclusively in Canada on Super Channel? Shot on location in Auckland, New Zealand, the thriller stars British actress Macy Chipping as Issy, a teenager who, together with her four horse-mad friends, has a special connection to a ghostly white stallion named Mystic. The award-winning series has been praised for the way it handles topical and especially environmental issues and weaves them into stories directed towards younger audiences. Season 2 of the series has just begun with a new half-hour episode available each week. A third season has already been ordered. So don't horse around. Giddy up and discover Mystic this month on Super Channel, Heart, and Home. Pride Month is also being celebrated throughout June on Super Channel. Check out the selection of movies celebrating LGBTQ plus actors, filmmakers, and stories. Streaming on demand all month on Super Channel Fuse. Visit Super Channel, all one word, dot CA for more details. And we're back with the host of The Amazing Race Canada, John Montgomery. Also, John, with the show The Amazing Race uh, Canada, the, the ability for father and son teams, like it's multi-generational sometimes. And I often find those guys or mother-daughter, you know, that combination because there's some challenges. I remember there was like a wave machine, I think, outside Beijing or somewhere. It was hard as hell. What Everybody was trying to do, stand and surf on this machine, right? And... The father and son, they stuck at it and stuck at it, and that was quite something to see. That was in Bangkok. Yeah, I do Bangkok. remember that, and I did that one myself. And having done it, personally, I knew how hard it was and how difficult it was going to be yeah. for the racers to be able to do it as well. And a standing wave isn't for the faint of heart. With no connection to board sports or other things like that, learning it all in the moment, wow, that is a lofty task. And... Uh, uh, you're right, Bill. Uh, watching these people both struggle and then succeed, that's the wild part of the show. It's something to see it. They're they are competing once again for, I think, $250,000, uh, John. Isn't that the prize? A quarter schmill in cash, yeah. Quarter, a, yeah. Um, a, a trip around the world from Guru Organic Energy Drinks. Uh, what else are they getting this year? Couple uh, of cars. Some unbelievable prize packs. Chevrolet, of course, is back as a title sponsor, as they have been since day one. And what they're giving away in terms of a Chevrolet automobile this year <laughs> is awesome. Once again, uh, the people are, the fans of the show are going to look at the starting line prize giveaways this year and say to themselves, man, I want that. Next year, next year, we're going to be there, okay, you and me? 
And that's what we want to, to <laughs> spark that conversation amongst people at home as to, oh, have you ever seen the giant nickel from Sudbury or the huge goose in Wawa, uh, the, the ginormous hockey stick uh, or loony in Churchbridge, Manitoba? Uh, or Saskatchewan, rather. It just seems like it's Manitoba because it's so close to home. Uh, all these things are the stuff that spark conversation amongst Canadians at home. Who's going to do what? When are we going to go on the show? And who you're going to take as your partner? That's worth talking about. John, I got to tell you, I, I once got a huge goose in Wawa. And uh, <laughs> that's not very comfortable. <laughs> but anyway, uh, is there now? I know Matthew will get will push the buzzer because there's something you can just leave us with with this eighth edition. Something to look for. Something to look for. Let's see. What I would look for is an opportunity to see yourself hmm. out there, to recognize somebody or some place that resonates with you uh, at your core, and then take it with you. Take it with you into your daily life in whatever it is that you do, because when we celebrate Canada, the place that we can all collectively know gives us the greatest opportunity for success in this life. Just by virtue of having come here from afar or having been born here by parents or grandparents or great grandparents or who knows how many generations of, of, uh, of lineage you have here in this landscape. That makes us truly lucky, truly special, and we can all celebrate this commonality more, and we should celebrate it more than what makes us different. And when we feed into that, we'll come together. When we feed into that, our sense of self will be imbibed, and where we come from in life will be that much more treasured. And to call yourself a Canadian is something that none of us should take for granted and, and celebrate for as long as these summer's day as these summer days are long. Well, John, you're a great, great ambassador for the show and for Canada. It's always a pleasure to talk. I'm going to squeeze in three last questions that have nothing to do with the Amazing Race, just for our podcast. Fire away. Okay, right, what are you? Bi- I ask everybody these questions. Uh, what is what is you? Uh, what are you guys binging uh, right now? Is there a, a popular show that? Uh, that uh, you guys uh, enjoy at home right right now you know what i haven't been home very much lately bill it has been a wild spring my wife said that she's been saving things uh interests something that we can share together because basically when you're single parenting uh when one is on the road as many canadians know um and some do day in and day out much much love to the to the parents out there and those doing it on their own, but there's not a lot of time at the end of the day to, to binge anything. So now that she's got somebody else to spell her off for a second, and maybe we can relax a little earlier in the evening, we're going to get down to finding that show to binge. Uh, Cause that's our time of day to do it is to unwind, to take our, our brain out of the everyday routine and put it in a jar for a second to be entertained. Nice. And uh, we do like to be entertained. So if you've got any recommendations, Bill, something that we should uh, maybe waste a little time with uh, I'd, I'd happily take it but I'll I tell got, you what we will be watching if, if, Sorry, if you haven't seen <laughs> if you haven't seen Barry yet we just Sandra and I've been watching that and really enjoying the third season but uh, oh yeah. uh, with uh, with Buddy from Saturday Night Live uh, Bill Hader uh, yeah Bill Hader yes right. I've heard that one is a good one and so uh, and he's basically a wet man that starts acting is that it 
Does wet work? He's a he's a hitman who. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's wet work right there. <laughs> right. Oh man, you got the lingo. There, oh yeah, he's a wet man. No, he, it's 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 just it's very dramatic and funny, and it's one I really recommend. But your wife Darla it was also a, a skeleton athlete, right? Both of you. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you I'll guys are two that we've um, watched together, which I never would have uh, guessed she would watch. Is that F one series? And she has zero interest in, you know, fast cars really at all. But what she really, really likes is that tangible connection to what we used to do, which is skeleton racing. And when you see these uh, childish F1 racers for all intents and purposes doing, you know, superhuman stuff, which is driving those race cars as quick as they do, but they're still, their mentality is just like we were as athletes, pretty childish. <laughs> well, John, and, you're... You're the third person in a row I t- I've done a podcast with who's mentioned that show. It's, uh, well, it's because of the human aspect of it. The racing is fantastic. It's the interplay between the teammates. And that's what we could so closely relate to was that if you were driving for Red Bull or Mercedes or, or McLaren, whoever it was, you'd look up at the finish board at the end of the day. And if you were seventh, you'd look at the six people in front of you. And if there wasn't a teammate that was in front of you, you could take seventh place as like, ha! Not bad. I did seventh. You know, it's not a podium, but it's still seventh. You could have been third. And if the two people in front of you were also your teammates on that same Red Bull or McLaren team, you would be pissed off with third. You would not be satisfied. (laughs) You needed needed to be top of the team. And then wherever you stood uh, would would also be considered. But uh, and that's what we relate to. And we loved our teammates, but you always wanted to beat them more than anybody. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I got to get caught up on that one. Uh, quickly, uh, did you have a favorite show as a youngster when you were growing up? Was there a TV show that uh, you always wanted to run home from school to see? or One that apparently shaped me enough to, uh, to be inspired to, to change the way that I dressed was the A-Team. And there was... <laughs> There was one dude on the A-team. He was the young kid, I think. Um, and he had ripped off sleeves on his shirts. Uh, I was grunge before grunge was a word. In 1984, I wouldn't wear jeans without holes in them. I had to have this black leather jacket and I had to have the sleeves ripped off my shirts. Now, I probably looked homeless uh, <laughs> at that point in time. But when you were as obstinate as I was, your parents just said it that's what you really want to wear, then fine. But <laughs> you'd be right up to style right now. That's the, that's the fashion scene, right? Yeah, I don't know if I was just sort of uh, feeding into the future uh, or if I was just uh, a bit of a jerk. I'm not quite sure how that <laughs> shape, shakes out, but uh, I was definitely dressing ahead of the curve. Well, the A team was uh, Mr. T. Uh, that's and, right. Uh, I picked the <laughs> for that was back in the uh late 80s so uh good that's good right call. uh finally final question your all-time favorite tv theme song and if you really want to let it rip go ahead and sing it well west philadelphia born and raised on the playground is where i spend most of my days maxing relaxing and chilling out cool and shooting some b-ball outside of school Done. Wow. Oh, that was the 25-point bonus question, John. You nailed it. Uh, that Did you is like the extra with a little bit of the hand slap, the five across the face? That was that was from my, my, my friend Will Smith there. 
Nicely done. Yes, you were. <laughs> this the fa- We've known him for slapping uh, the Oscars. Listen, John, just a delight to catch up. Uh, very generous with your time. Thank you so much for this. And um, for uh, folks who are can hardly wait, The Amazing Race Canada returns on Tuesday, July 5th on CTV. Um, it's a pleasure, John. Great to catch up with you. Thank you very much for this. Billy Bo, I love it every time we get to chat, my friend. Thank you. Hope I see you again soon. You will. All right. Take care, man. All my best to Sandra, please. I'll, I'll pass that along. She'll be glad to hear that. Take care. Thank you. Well, here it is. John's pick as his favorite all-time TV theme song. It is, of course, the opener to The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This was written and performed by Will Smith, who just slapped it together one day. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. Thanks, as always, to Phil Hong for producing this podcast. I'd also like to single out Katie Brio for designing the main Brio TV site. I'm grateful as well to all the amazing publicists for arranging these interviews. Thanks to our sponsors, and yes, thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please spread the word with a like or a review. And remember, you can always catch up on TV news and reviews daily at Brio.tv. I'm Bill Brio. Thanks for listening. I don't think so. I see when I get there. I hope they're prepared for the Prince of L.A.